Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Justin. If you're tuning in live with us tonight on a PC and you'd like to join us in our chat room, you can just scroll on down to the bottom of the screen there and hop into our chat room. I've been told that you can only get into our chat room if you are a member of BTR, which is Blog Talk Radio, in which case you can join us on our call-in line, which is 914-205-5558. And if you're listening live through the phone number, you can hit that one button anytime when you want to ask us a question. And Eric is with me live this week. Indeed. So how are you, sir? I'm doing fine and dandy. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Your trip was <laughs> successful, I take it. Uh, which trip? Coming? Oh, coming home? To, yeah. 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 Boring trip. Yeah. Such a boring trip. Well, I have a 21-hour drive for me and Shelly to do so <laughs> in the, in a couple of weeks. So for those of you uh, listening, I am going to be live on air with Eric in the same room for our New Year's show. So you guys are going to not want to miss that show. Definitely a lot of hijinks and uh, shenanigans going on that day. Yeah. I just don't have a house. So today we are going to be talking about the Wendigo. Now... If you're asking Justin, what is the Wendigo? Eric, why don't you tell them what the Wendigo is? Uh, the Wendigo. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to type something while I'm talking. <clears throat> <laughs> on Facebook, I'm putting the. You know how every time we start to show up uh, on Facebook, I always say, hey, we're on the radio now, like right now. Yeah. So uh, I'm in the process of doing that. <laughs> um, hold on, forward slash. Paratruthradio.com. Yep. Okay. What? So, what the heck? Uh, I was putting in the link <laughs> to tune in. It's anyway. Not so yeah. Paratruthradio.com. No. Yeah. That's why I put the com in the wrong part. <laughs> don't don't ask. Don't ask. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't do two things at once when it comes to the Yeah, music. I know. Your multitasking sucks. <laughs> that's that's why you're hosting it right now. Because <laughs> I screw everything up when it comes to the radio. Okay. Anyway, so that's posted. So, yeah, the Wendigo, very interesting creature. Some question whether it is a, <clears throat> uh, a cryptid type creature, such as right. uh, the werewolves or mummies, uh, Bigfoot. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And I think one can make a strong argument that indeed it could be, especially since we look back to uh, the legend, the fact that it comes out of the, um, the different, not different, but uh, uh, what tribe is it? Help me. Do you remember? There's a couple of yeah. tribes actually. There are a uh, couple, but the biggest one, and forgive me if I'm pronouncing this wrong, is the Algonquian, I think. They're, it, Algonquin is actually the language that these different tribes speak. 
uh, the Algonquin tribes are the Oajibwe, and I apologize if I'm slaughtering these names. I don't know how to pronounce them. The Salto, the Cree, which is a, a big name that a lot of people know, the Nascapi, and the Inu. And Inu goes to Alaska. Yeah. Well, you know, some based on those legends, and all the legends kind of vary uh, depending on where you're getting your info from. Uh, yeah. But some say, like I said, that it's a cryptid that's just, just this beast or this demonic beast that comes out of the woods and devours humans, basically. Yeah. Uh, the other side of it, however, is that it's a demon that roams the woods uh, or just roams around the world and finds people who are more or less on edge. And it possesses that person and gives them the hunger for human flesh. And basically, it drives that person to kill someone and then eat that person, but to never be satisfied. So, like, the person would uh, kill somebody, eat them, and then continue killing people over and over and over and constantly eating, and yet never gain weight, never, you know, right get enough calories. It's weird. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, I think the the biggest thing is a lot of people – and just the legend itself, the most common is that uh, someone becomes possessed by this demonic spirit. Because most people um, in legend, and, and there's several stories that you can look up to when, when you look up the Wendigo, you can find several stories on people who were normal people, you know, normal men and women who just did their daily thing, wasn't a big deal. And then one day, they just go crazy and they start eating people and they don't know why. Uh, and that's when uh, the legend comes into play and says, well, it's this demonic being that possesses people and starts uh, driving them to do this crazy, disgusting stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the uh, the Wendigo is definitely one that isn't always touched upon because there's a lot of different things to it. There is also a psychosis that's associated with Wendigo that is kind of similar to the lycanthropic disorder of the werewolf, which people think that they're werewolves, so therefore they technically become this beast because they think they are. Mm-hmm. And they get that hunger, they get the aggressiveness of of the beast. Um, so the, the Wendigo is, has the similar psychosis to it and the psychosis is more along the lines of if somebody had to resort to cannibalism say to save their own lives if they were buried under snow or trapped somewhere where they couldn't get sustenance or famine and they they participated in cannibalism they the psychosis basically turns them into something that needs human flesh to survive because they've kind of like a dog that bites someone and gets the taste of blood for the first time. Once they have the taste of blood for the first time, that dog has basically become a aggressive dog that will probably have to be put down because they will always go for blood. So I'm going to argue that point. I don't know. That's not true. That's just going by accounts that I have heard about animal attacks. 
the case, Angus is the craziest of all animals. <laughs> Angus was the supernatural dog of all supernatural dogs. I'm not going to argue that point. <clears throat> but uh, the the psychosis goes along that same lines as as a werewolf, where they think that they have to eat human flesh because they've done it once, so their mind goes basically berserk. Well, what's and, interesting uh, is that the majority of um, stories of these people becoming Wendigos is that there's always another, or not always, but there's sometimes another food source around that they could get to right. very easily, yeah. but they decide to pass on that food source just because they'd rather have the human flesh instead. Yeah. Which is really frightening, honestly. And that could be where people were maybe possessed by the demonic spirit and, you know, modern medicine would write anybody off who is possessed by a demon just to be in a state of psychosis. Mm-hmm. Even though you and I know better, modern medicine can't say that person is possessed by something. Right. So I don't know if the the psychosis just comes from these people were possessed by the Wendigo demon. So therefore, modern doctors are like, there was a psychosis because he was forced to eat a person because he was trapped on a mountainside and that was his only nourishment. Or is it that these people actually go crazy because they have consumed human flesh? Mm-hmm. I mean, look at uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. He started out just killing, but eventually started consuming these people. Although, let's face it, you can kind of you can kind of uh, predict that from the beginning when he killed Stephen Hicks. And, right. I mean, he cut the guy up in different pieces and then separated the bone from the flesh, put them in different bags, and scattered them throughout his backyard. I mean, it's kind of an indication that things are going to just get nastier as time goes on. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but... When he finally had that taste, that's what he did with his victims. He kept them and stored them so he could eat them. Right. That's gross. So, (laughs) (laughs) was was he possessed by a demon? Maybe. Maybe he was just a sick person that unfortunately gave in to his bestial nature and did things that most people would think from a civilized point of view, is not a natural thing. Right. Um, well, so... Go ahead. I I can see both sides of the Wendigo psychosis. That's all I was going to finish with, is oh. that doctors don't understand it, <laughs> so they label it a psychosis. But is it actually a psychosis, or is it a demon possessing somebody and modern medicine has no explanation for it. So go mm-hmm. ahead with what you were going to say. Well, I was just going to say, I'm, I was going to take, uh, take us back to 1878 and tell the story of Swift Runner. <clears throat> okay. Um, just because it kind of, it, it's, there's so many stories out there that you can come across. Swift Runner is by far probably the most famous story when it comes to, uh, the Wendigo. Um, 
But this involves the Plains uh, Cree trapper from Alberta. That's who Swift Runner was. And during the winter of 1878, he and his family were starving, and his eldest son had died. Uh, about 25 miles away or so uh, from where he was at, there was an emergency food supplies place. It was called Hudson Bay Company Post. Uh, and even though, uh, let's face it, 1878, 25 miles away back then wasn't terrible. It, it was doable. But Swift Runner ended up butchering and eating his wife and five remaining children. And given that he resorted to cannibalism, even though he was so close to the food supplies, some eventually, you know, just figured, well, this must be and has to be the Wendigo or, some, or something, you know, whether it's an actual uh, demon, as we just mentioned, or just some psychological issue. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of weird when you think about, like, as far as we know, this Swift Runner hadn't had, like, a bad history, you know, in right. his life. And then all of a sudden, during a winter of 1878, he kills his wife and five kids and eats them all. And from what I understand, uh, the story goes on to say that uh, when the people, I don't know who found them, but someone eventually came by, walked in there and found, I believe everybody dead. Uh, or no, he wasn't dead. They found him and they found like all the human remains around, like all the bones of his children and everything like yeah. that. Um, and so you have to wonder like, did he kill them all at once? Or were the kids sitting there waiting and wondering what was going to happen? You know, it's yeah. kind of really creepy and is not cool. Um, but eventually, um, he was caught, confessed to all of it, and was executed. Um, and that was probably the most, or that is the most famous case in regards to the Wendigo. <clears throat> And I know there's been more modern cases as well where someone had, I again, you look back at this, I don't know his name or anything. It was just something I'd seen once. Um, he didn't have a bad history whatsoever. Um, and one day he walks on a bus, sits down, and I think he starts talking to himself or something. And then he jumps up, walks up to a guy, and basically, I, think, I don't remember if it was a knife or a hatchet he pulls out. And starts, like, cuts this dude's head off, basically. Just whacking this dude until his head comes off. Um, and he began to eat the flesh before the cops got there. And they said it was such, I mean, one, <laughs> how frightening is it to be sitting on a bus and see some dude get up and chop someone's head off? Um, right. But then the cops show up and, you know, find this guy eating this dude. So, of course, again, it goes back to, or at least I should say, like, in regards to the paranormal side of it, um, people consider him a Wendigo or possessed by a Wendigo. Because um, I believe the guy doesn't remember any of it whatsoever, which is a big part of uh, demonic possession. Uh, when you're possessed by the demon itself, the person or the human side it tends to black out whenever the demon comes forth. And so the right. human never realizes or remembers anything that happened when the demon was in control. So that kind of gives a one up on a possible on the possibility that it's a demonic entity that's going around possessing people. But even still, like it's not normal for a demon just to be able to go and you know. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, and I mean, there are cases, too, of psychosis where it's the same thing. They black out when they're doing these killings, and when they come to, they have no idea what has happened. Yeah. Uh, so it, it can be on both sides, but as you said, if it is a demon, why would it be there and then gone so quickly? Right. So I think we'll take our first break, folks. You're listening to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio, and we will be right back. Hello everybody, Sublimely Elegant here, as always, and guess what? I know you. Well, no, we've never met, but I do know you. I know you love Minecraft. I know you love the internet. Now, I also happen to know you love colorful language. So, instead of moping around all day, why don't you head on over to my channel and satiate your deepest needs. YouTube.com forward slash Sublimely Elegant. Peekaboo, peekaboo, smile. Smile, buddy. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. <sighs> yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby, I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism, and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org signs, or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Now, Eric's random facts of the day. Millions of people all around the world enjoy soda pop on a daily basis. One of the most famous sodas is a citrus soda known as 7-Up, which was created in 1929. But I'll bet that most people don't know what 7-Up stands for. It turns out that the number 7 was selected because the original containers that 7-Up was produced in were 7 ounces, and the word up indicated the direction of the bubbles. Infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that helped shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. This is Bill Hall, author of the book, The World's Most Haunted House, and you're listening to Paratruth Radio. 
All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. <laughs> and you are listening live with us here tonight as we're talking about the Wendigo. Now, before we get back to the Wendigo, I do have to say that's probably one of the better random facts that we've had in a while because I've drank 7-Up since we were kids and I mm-hmm. never knew that there was any type of meaning behind the word. Yeah, so, uh, when, I, when I came across that fact, I was like, that's interesting. Simple, yeah. but interesting. Right, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of them out there, just like what Dr. Pepper was before it became soda. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Dr. Pepper was before it became soda? Uh-uh. It was a cough syrup. Oh. Well. Prescribed by one Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're talking about the Wendigo. We've covered that it can be a demonic spirit or entity that possesses a human being that causes them to eat human flesh. There is a possibility of it being a uh, cryptid uh, that stalks the northern areas of the uh, North America because there are North American tribes that have told these legends. And there's also a psychosis where people uh, resort to cannibalism but can't get past that first experience and they continue to eat cannibalism. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the the Algonquin people, if it even is a psychosis and not something else, their point on it is, is... no matter what, do you resort to cannibalism? You either A, commit suicide, or B, succumb to death. With that being said, are a couple of tribes, the Asini Boyne, the Cree, and the Ojibwe. Again, I apologize if I'm slaughtering these names. I don't know the exact pronunciation. Uh perform a ceremonial dance originally was performed during times of famine to reinforce the seriousness of the Wendigo taboo. Uh, the ceremonial dance known as the Windigo Kanzimowin in Ojibwe and today performed as part of the last day activities of the sun dance involves wearing a mask and dancing about the drum backwards. The last known Wendigo ceremony conducted in the United States was at Lake Wendigo of Star Island of Cass Lake, located within the Leech Lake Indian Reservation in northern Minnesota. So there have been tribes who try to warn of this psychosis, of this creature, whatever you you believe it is. And uh, even to this day, they're, they're trying to stop whatever it is that's happening. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really interesting <clears throat> is the majority, pretty much all of the uh, legends actually are from the Northern United States or Southern Canada. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because you think like if it was a, if it is a spirit or a demon, 
it, it would have the freedom to roam around the entire earth and do, you know, whatever yeah. it does. Um, so then you start to wonder, you know, is it really something demonic? Is it something that just the people, a story that people came up with? Um, you know, they're, they're some crazy people and they're like, oh, here's a Wendigo. Uh, why, you know, yeah. why did it stay in that particular part of the region um, and not move any further north or any further south? You know, one of the um, the stories, I guess, is that the Wendigo is an embodiment of gluttony, greed, and excess. And I guess in their, I don't, their, their spiritual views um, <clears throat> with these tribes is that the traditions humans would become or could become overpowered by greed and turn it into the Wendigo. And so I wonder if it's not something that just, you know, some of the tribes made up a story saying, hey, if you become too greedy or you become uh, a glutton and so on and so forth, you'll turn into this creature mm. in a way to help prevent people, from the, to prevent their kids and other people in the tribe uh, from becoming greedy and becoming this glutton and so on and so forth so that they can remain uh, I don't know, I guess healthy in case he needed to go to war, you know, with, we all know how the tribes were, um, some of them. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, who knows? It it very well could just be a simple story uh, that people came up with. Well, just like people who were trying to um, put a, a term or describe explain what was happening to the human body when it decayed and ended up coming up with the vampire legend. Mm -hmm. Most people didn't realize that you bleed out of your orifices and the, the intestines do things that make the body move. And so people thought, well, these people are coming back to the dead and drinking blood. That's why there's blood coming out of their nose. In their mouth. Mm-hmm. So, for a, a Native American culture to try to explain something that's unfamiliar to them, most of them lived on the land, only took what was needed, didn't overindulge in things. So, to come up with something either to a warn of these things or have some type of penance if you went above and beyond what you needed is a very logical explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, though. There's a lot of things that go into it that make me wonder on both sides. Is it encrypted? Because there are people that are huge believers in Bigfoot and say there's all this evidence that, that the Bigfoot is there, but to this day, one has not been caught alive mm-hmm. or dead, or any remnants of a body. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing for the Wendigo. There hasn't been one caught alive, dead, or found a dead body found of this creature. And if it is a demon, that would explain that part of it. Right. Well, and like, I, all right, the most that I see in which we actually see the uh, visual representation of a Wendigo, and for those of you listening, if you look at our homepage here, uh, you can see some small images of what the Wendigo um, may look like. 
according to different legends. Um, <clears throat> the only thing that I see about the actual, you know, the, the actual visual the creature. of the creature yeah. would be someone transforming into it, such as someone transforming into a werewolf, as you see on all the movies. Right. Uh, which, it, and of course, you know, some of you are probably like, oh, please, you know, people transforming, which I agree. But just for the sake of the argument or the discussion, I should say, um, in werewolf lore, uh, at least modern werewolf lore, um, if someone were to transform into a werewolf and then eventually get, say, shot with a silver bullet or killed in some way, they don't die in the form of the wolf, but they go back to their human form. So if someone does transform into a Wendigo and they end up dying and someone finds a body out in the woods somewhere. Um, is it possible that person could have been Wendigo, you know, and died for some reason and then transformed back? I mean, you know, I'm not really trying to make any argument here based on that. It's just a random, you know, thought. And well, that's, that's, yeah, that goes along the same lines as you said, as the, the werewolf and, if that is happening, who's to say that is not? I I don't personally believe too much in in the werewolf or a person being able to change form. Is it possible? Maybe I don't know, but I've never seen it happen, so I'd have to say no. Right. Well, I mean, you got to think when you think of the werewolf, you see what basically the idea of the werewolf, what it embodies, is beast side of humanity um, the monster within us all, uh, the fact that we can be living our normal daily lives all happy and kosher and et cetera, et cetera, and then one day just go crazy you know, we've seen that in the news a lot over the years um, some mm-hmm. normal kid coming to school with a gun or you know, somebody going crazy and killing their entire family that's what the werewolf represents is that monster side of humanity that lets go of of everything, but holds on to the anger and allows the anger to control them and move them, and that's where we get this whole idea of the werewolves. Um, at least that's one reasoning behind the whole werewolf right. legend. Yeah. And so, like I was saying, in regards to the Wendigo, greed, gluttony, et cetera, et cetera, um, it very well could just be an image of humanity at its worst. I would agree and, with that, Beck. Yeah, you know, and then that's that. Um, and, of course, you know me, I'm not going to place my bets against the, the possibility that's demonic in nature. In right. Any sort. It very well could be a spiritual uh, thing, a demonic entity that possesses people and turns them and so on and so forth. Uh, one thing that's very interesting is the whole Wendigo, the whole idea of the Wendigo and the legends and these people who became Wendigos, at a certain point, in the time on the timetable uh, or on the timeline in our history, it just ceases. It stops because the Native Americans, the different tribes, eventually started having, uh, I, I guess, speaking and having um, like meeting up with Westerners, basically. Right. Um, and, yeah. and the more that Westerners came in to the country and into the world these views and these beliefs just kind of diminished. They started learning new religions, uh, new faiths, so on and so forth, and the whole idea of the Wendigo just vanished one day. 
Uh, and we haven't heard about a Wendigo issue since. You know, what, I don't know the exact time period that it all ended, uh, but it did. And we don't see them. You know, it's not like tomorrow a Wendigo is going to show up, you know? Right. Um, so, again, you, well, know, you have to question, is it just something based on their own personal spiritual beliefs or, you know, who knows? It could be stories. Look at the the turmoil during that time when the colonies started coming over and the Native American people and and the people from England were constantly at war with each other. Right. And because in their views we're taking over their land in in a sense, yeah, we were. Um so for them to continue these legends while they're trying to wage a war against the invaders is it kind of goes along with pretty much any culture. It's hard to continue your religious or mythological stories when you're trying to stop an invader from coming into your home. Mm-hmm. At the same time, that's when you should have your most faith or your 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 beliefs, but at, at the same time, your mind can't comprehend doing that plus fighting off something that shouldn't be there. Right. Um, I don't know. To me, if it were to fall under anything, I'd say the psychosis or some type of demonic possession or demonic spirit, whatever you want to call it, doing these things. I don't foresee it being a cryptid only because a cryptid is much more well known than than the Wendigo is. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's where my belief falls on it. So I, I don't know. I had known about this creature slightly doing the more research that I did do kind of gave me a little more in-depth realization on what what it could be one thing that that I am can say is Marvel Comics actually adopted this creature into a a comic book character a but it is a person who becomes this beast and cannot transform back they become it they're always this thing and just like the legend says they are only uh sustained by human flesh consumption Mm -hmm. so it kind of shows that it it is in pop pop culture not exactly as much as the uh, vampires and werewolves are but it is there Oh yeah, I mean it's. I just watched an episode of uh, Sleepy Hollow a few weeks ago, uh, and they had a Wendigo on that show. Uh, it was some war vet basically who ended up. He, he always goes black when it happens, but he had the, got the taste of blood at one point for whatever reason, and killed his entire troop basically, <clears throat> uh, and then came back to the U.S. started killing everybody else. Um, but then also. I don't know if you recall or not. Back in 2005, the first season of Supernatural, they encountered yep, a Wendigo in the woods. You know, and that one was a little different. That was, I mean, their theory or story on that is, well, I guess it's very similar to what we were talking about. But it's about a human who, 
again, consumes the flesh and then literally turns into another creature altogether. Um, which, funny story, but it's a fact, um, that particular episode, the writers uh, and the producers actually didn't like at all because they didn't think that the uh, creature uh, looked scary enough or looked good in any form. So they weren't very happy with that particular episode. <clears throat> if I remember right, too, wasn't that one that shed its skin? Um, No. No? Maybe it was no. That, Maybe I'm thinking are, of the trickster or something. Um, Not the it, trickster. Go on. Try again. No, go ahead. I can't remember which one it is. <laughs> uh, the shapeshifters. Shapeshifter. Oh, shapeshifter, yeah. Um, which uh, I'm sure is something we'll... We probably won't do a whole episode on shapeshifters just because there's really not that much to go into. Um, but, well, because we kind of have that with yeah. the Wendigo and the werewolf and that. So... All right, uh, I think we'll take another quick break, folks. You're listening to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio, and we will be right back. Are you ready? Are you prepared? What if some cataclysmic event shook your every foundation? Would you and your family know what to do? My name is Jacqueline Druga, host of the Apocalypse Dennis Show. Join me every Thursday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Prepper Broadcasting Network. Prepperbroadcasting.com, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We're there for your survival needs. Confessions of a Potentially Perfect Parent, brought to you by AdoptUsKids.org. I might look like an adult, like a person who could possibly be a parent, but I have no idea how to talk like one. And everyone knows that if you want to be a parent, you have to sound good when you say things like, Don't make me turn this car around, or Because I said so, or Don't make me come back there. I don't even really know what those things mean, but I know that I actually believed my parents when they said them to me. How did they manage to sound so convincing? Here we go. Don't make me come back there. Oh, no, that's not tough enough at all. Kids can sense weakness. Don't make me come back there. Ooh, yeah, that's better. In fact, that kind of sounded like my dad. Weird. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to listen to you practice your dad voice. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit adoptuskids.org for more information. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council.
Gentlemen, sublimely elegant here as always, and you are listening to Fairy Truth Radio. All right, folks, welcome back to Fairy Truth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Justin, and I'm Eric. And if you guys are listening live on the PC, I encourage you guys to go down to our chat room at the bottom of the screen there and uh, get into there and give us uh, your input on on. Pretty much whatever we're talking about today, it's the one to go. Next week, we don't have a show, but it could be whatever. But we do like hearing from you guys. You can also call in 914-205-5558 as well and uh, give your opinion there too. So uh, we've pretty much gone over everything that we can do here with the Wendigo. Uh, What is your overall opinion on this. Do you think it's something more than just a psychosis? Um, I mean, it's really hard to say. Uh, I, I, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to have to say, you know, I really don't know because when you think about it, a lot of, all right, when it comes to demonic activity, one thing that is very common is that demonic activity picks up when you start believing in that activity. Uh, once right. you look to it and you acknowledge it, then it, you know, it, they're more willing to come out, you know. And so with the influence of Western society coming in and uh, working alongside the tribes, that belief system eventually changed. And so it's very possible that when that happened, the demonic presence uh, that was possessing everyone eventually just kind of slide sidetracked and went off elsewhere. Um, but again, that doesn't change the fact that there haven't been any other Wendigo-like um, killings, I guess, or stories since probably the late 18 to early 1900s. Um, so, all right, I'm going to say that it, it's more so probably psychosis. It is probably, you know, a mind thing. Um, when you're when you grow up with the stories of the Wendigo, uh, somebody eventually, especially when tribes are as large as they were, is going to do something that would be similar to what uh, they were warned of, if you will, and just based on that fact alone, would in their minds think that they're suddenly a Wendigo, and therefore it would play, they would end up playing that role uh, willingly, even though they don't know it. Yeah. Um, so I think it, 
it's very well possible, the psychosis thing. I think it was all in everyone's mind, and it just came from the stories and the legend, uh, and that was pretty much it. That's not to say that there wasn't some kind of demonic influence at some point somewhere down the line. Um, True, yeah, because it could have been there and then left, but people still believed it was. Yeah, I mean, it's very, even, you know, basically the way I see it, um, because the devil is so crafty, uh, as crafty as he is, uh, all they have to do, and I I think, all right, demons, the devil, they cannot read your mind. It is impossible for them to do that. Only God can do that. But they can influence your mind. And so it's very possible that they were able to influence someone's mind into creating the idea of the Wendigo, which they then knew would eventually spread out like wildfire with the stories. And eventually down uh, through history, this Wendigo would take shape and take form into something real in some sense. Um, So I very well think that the two go hand in hand. And that's pretty much the answer I'm going to go with. Uh, I think it could have been very well possibly is uh, demonically influenced and ended up becoming psychosis of some sort um, that drew, drew that basically made everybody crazy. <laughs> uh, one thing that I want to cover really quick about the psychosis, uh, mm-hmm. the the fascination with the Wendigo psychosis, and this is from the research that we were doing among Western ethnogra- ethnographers, psychologists, and anthropologists led to a hotly debated controversy in the 1980s over the historic historicity of the phenomenon. Some researchers argued that essentially Wendigo psychosis was a fabrication, the result of a naive anthropologist taking stories related to them at face value without observation. So in other words, people hearing the legends but thinking they were true stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, others have pointed to a number of credible eyewitness accounts, both by Algonquins and others, as evidence that Wendigo psychosis was a factual historical phenomenon. With that being said, anybody having an eyewitness account, credible or not credible, they saw somebody do something that was not of normal nature. And just like we've talked about with the werewolf, the vampire, if somebody sees something that completely disturbs them and their mind can't wrap around it, it ends up turning that person into whatever they think it is. So if somebody saw somebody eating somebody, of course that person basically would become the Wendigo because they were doing exactly what the legend said it was. Yeah. In that person's mind, not necessarily actually become the Wendigo, but in that person's mind that's witnessing it. Well, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I mean, look at look at Bruce Wayne. He was trapped in a cave, and he thinks he's a bat now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Again, a fictional character, but same, yeah, same theory. But it's the whole idea. Um, you spend a certain amount of time around something, a, and in this case, a story, uh, you turn into that something. Um, yeah. Especially when it comes to fear, there's – I can't remember what – I. It might have been one of the random facts that I was looking up, and I came across it. But fear is the most difficult thing for anyone to control. Um, it's just it's just there. You, you know, you can't put it aside half the time. Even the most bravest people in the world 
they're fearful, you know, and they're always going to be afraid. You look at people who go into like, well, you can think of police officers, firefighters, military, et cetera, et cetera. I guarantee you, they're not like 100% headstrong. Oh, we're, we got this. Everything's going to be fine and dandy. They're, they're scared no matter what they tell you. Fear is something that you can't get away from. And fear is the biggest factor in today's society and in the society of history. And when fear takes over, this is what happens. This whole Wendigo thing, you know? Mm. Well, fear fear is one of the base emotions, and it's one of the most powerful, as you're saying. Mostly because when you fear something, it basically takes over your all your other emotions. Yeah. If you're afraid of it, you can't love it. You can't be angry at it because you fear it. You can't do anything other than that. So Yeah. And I know this is kind of taken in that you know, well, we haven't gone really too far off topic yet, so I'm gonna go ahead and do that. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, so many people I think, especially the the guys who think they're all macho, the ones who are on the inside, little sissy people, um, <clears throat> they think that fear, you know, basically it's not manly to be fearful. But right. fear, and you can look at the most respected men in history uh, and women, fear is what keeps people uh, alive. It's what helps you survive. Without fear, many people would end up dead, you know, um, yeah. because fear is what you know, helps you become cautious, helps you move faster, helps you, uh, your reflexes, so on and so forth. That always has you on edge in some way to help protect you. And it's good to take that fear. And I actually was watching a video about, uh, it was actually a boxer um, teaching self-defense online. And he was saying, you know that feeling when you're about to get in a fight, uh, your heart starts thumping, you, you start feeling all warm, you get a little edgy, you're nervous, so on and so forth. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. And a lot of people think, oh, this is happening. I'm freaking out. I can't, you know, do this. I can't do that. But that particular feeling, that emotion is what drives you to be successful in everything. Uh, whether, you know, you're a boxer, whether you're a firefighter, whether, you know, you're a manager at some uh, blue collar business, there, there's a fear somewhere. And that fear is going to help you stay you know, planted on the ground in some way. So it's important to allow fear in every once in a while. Just don't let it take over. Right. Well, I I think that a lot of, that's what a lot of this is, is people coming up with the legend. So therefore people are fearful of something that may not even exist at all, mm -hmm. but they they feed into it with their fear because they're afraid of this thing coming after them or whatever it is they're they're fearing from it. So right. I think in the long run, yes, it, it could be a psychosis. Uh, could it be a demonic or evil spirit trying to force people to do things? Yeah, I believe that could happen too. Do I believe that there's a creature that's doing it? I don't think so, mostly because the most most legends don't tell of somebody becoming something else it's a person e eats flesh and then they're basically wanting it all the time mm -hmm. so I, I, 
for it to be a cryptid, I, I'm I'm thinking probably not. But demonic spirit, I could believe that mostly because people who are possessed do things that they no, wouldn't normally do. Mm-hmm. A, same thing for psychosis. Psychosis is cause us to do things that out of the norm would not be us in the first place. Right. So, so I think that's those are the two biggest possibilities. It being encrypted, I'm not buying into that part of it. But no. But all right, folks, that has been our Windigo episode uh, to cover what's going to be going on in the next couple weeks. Uh, next week we are going to be taking a break. It is finals, so both of us are very busy people. Uh, so we will be off next week. Week after will be our Christmas episode, so t- stay tuned in for that because we've got plethora of things to talk about for our Christmas episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then uh, after that, uh, I will be on my way to Ohio that following week, and uh, me and Eric we will be live on air in the same room. So definitely put your hard hats on because shit's going to be flying everywhere and it might hit you in the head and I don't want no. you to get hurt. Not like, well, you know how I am. Like bricks. No, I'm a germaphobe. <laughs> <laughs> I also know you like to throw things at me, so it's yeah, that I, kind I, of I, hat. Uh, yeah, I was actually thinking of buying this. Up at uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, I, I got this coupon book, basically. I don't know if it's really a coupon book, but it has like a bunch of different new items, you know, this magazine. Oh. Um, and one of the things in there is like this mini bow and arrow. You know, it's like a dart. You know, an arrow with a dart on the end. in the head? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> well, originally it was to torment my animals when I get home, the dogs and the cat. Um <laughs> My mom's probably going to listen to this and be like, oh, no, he's not. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was the plan. It was 20, it's $20. I was like, I don't know if I want to spend $20 for it, but it would be fun to hit my cat with it because he'd freak out. Um, Is it a Nerf dirt gun? Uh, yeah. They, I, uh, I don't know what it is. It's not Nerf because it's like, I don't know. It's weird because, you know, like the Nerf, it's all air compressed. But this one right. actually has the string that you pull back and uh, oh. the bow itself um, is what propels it. So well, never mind like a, that the bullet or projectile is oh, soft, not an actual arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if it was like an actual arrow, then it'd be a scene straight out of the Book of Eli, and poor Lefty <laughs> would be food for somebody. Um, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Haven't decided yet. <laughs> I'm glad you decided to share that on air. Now your mom's going to ban you from coming home. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. Well, I think that's about all we have for tonight. Uh, definitely catch us in a week, and uh, we'll have some good stuff for our Christmas episode. And then uh, same thing for our New Year's episode. That's something you're not going to want to miss. On that mm-hmm. note, my name's Justin. And I'm Eric. And we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Peace.
Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.